0: And I was in a rental car. I was in Alabama yesterday, and I'm, I'm, I'm driving back to this rental car. I got back in late And they didn't know it was me. Are, are y'all awake this morning? They didn't know it was me. And you know, when I know somebody, like, when I see you out there, I just want to let you know that I feel like it's my job to embarrass you. I just, I don't know. I feel a calling from God. I think it's the Spirit talking to me. And so I just, I saw them and I thought, you know, they have no idea it is me. So I get in line in front of them, which, you know, I'm trying to race them, they don't know that. And I'm like pointing up my hand, I'm going down the window and I'm just, like, I'm number one. I'm like just embarrassing them, trying to embarrass them in public. And you can see clearly they're going who is this weirdo? We have no idea. Who is this weirdo? Boy, who, is, who is this guy? And so like, I get around and then I get in the middle lane on line 26 and I go slow. Don't judge me. You've got behind people that were slow. You're just Christian cussing. I'm kidding. And so, and I'm trying to get up next to me and I'm like throwing up number one. I get off. You know, and, I, and, and as we get on campus, they realize it's me and I just thought about it. It's so great in the freedom of the Lord. You can just be who you want to be. In the sense that when you're walking with the Lord, there's no repercussions because all you have is an audience of one and that's Jesus. Am I right? I mean, that's really all it is, is one. And when we're content in Him and we know that He's content with us because of Jesus, all this other stuff pales in comparison. Uh, Let's check it out in Galatians. So we're going through Galatians and I just want you to see and embrace this freedom that Christ has for us. And what it means, what it means to really walk with the Lord in the presence of the Lord. Because, you know, the word of the year is what? What's the word of the year? Courage. Courage. Right, so it takes courage to live free. It really does. Now, I'm not talking about the idea of being free to be a jerk. I don't mean that. I mean, it takes courage to live free to take the risk that God has called us to, to take. So look at Galatians chapter um, one there, and we'll just go right into it because we see what God's voice says. Galatians one verse eleven. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it; rather. I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism, how intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age, among my people, and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my fathers. Look what it says next verse but when God who set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son in me so that I might preach him among the Gentiles my immediate response was not to consult any human being let me read it again because when we land the plane today, we are turning ourselves over to the Holy Spirit. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's womb, called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me, so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I did not go up to Jerusalem to see those who were apostles before I was, but I went to Arabia. Later, I returned to Damascus. Then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to get acquainted with Cephas, now that's Peter's name, and stayed with him, him 15 days. I saw none of the other apostles, only James, the Lord's brother, I assure you before God what I'm writing to you is no lie. Then I went to Syria and Cilicia. I was personally unknown to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only heard the report. The man who formerly persecuted us now is now preaching the faith. He wants tried to destroy. And then at the end of this pericope, at the end of this section, look at what happens. it goes all the way back. And they praise God because of me. Let's pray. Lord, uh, these words are too deep. They're too holy. They're too wise. They're too gracious. They're too merciful. They're too anointed. I can't even touch them because of sin in my life. So you know the sins are... My sins are before me, Lord. My, my sins are like right, right in your face. And if it wasn't because of the blood of Jesus... I would just be wiped out, Lord, because I'm not worthy to get up here and preach. I'm not worthy to get up here and stand up in anything. I have nothing to say unless the Spirit of God says something. I have nothing. But you, by your power, can speak mightily. If you can use a donkey, you can use me. So I pray, Lord, that you would increase... I would decrease and that this beautiful family of God would be stirred so much by the Holy Spirit that we would be stirred from our apathetic ways and that there would be some type of movement by your grace in our hearts that would manifest itself through some type of physical action, emotion, or something, Lord, to where we have encountered. Only you can bring the encounter. So, Lord, I want to come with wise and persuasive words with a demonstration of spirit power. And, Lord, I ask for your Holy Spirit to move. And it's only by your grace that your Holy Spirit would speak to me and speak to us. So, Lord, here we are. Here we are, Lord. I like Isaiah, Lord, because I'm a man of unclean lips. But yet, because of Jesus, my lips can speak your gospel. So, Lord, I pray that you, as you forgive me, forgive us, as you cleanse us, as you move in and through us, that you would open up our hearts and remove Satan, the little God of this age who would try to blind the hearts and minds of unbelievers. God, only you can do it. Only you can give us victory. Only you can give us courage. And we acknowledge that there's only one person his name is Jesus. And if it wasn't for Jesus, there's no way to get to you. None. Except that you came to us. We pray this in the matchless name of Jesus. And all of us people said, what? Alright, so here, uh, the notes are at Summit Church on Facebook. Uh, here's the main idea. Alright, so what I mean by main idea is, is listen, everything's in the middle. And I'm going to build off this because here's what I believe. I believe that your life is so valuable to the kingdom that I want to take my life and throw it into you. Not that my life is worthy or anything like that. I don't mean that. But I want to come and like walk with you to walk underneath you because God wants you to do something. You see, but John, I, I, I don't know. I mean like, you know, we preach or something and uh, preachers are supposed to be the front runners. No, 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 no. no. We, we, we eat dirt. And so what happens is God has a call. He has a call and the idea is this, is that the only way to speak, the only way to be set free is to have a revelation uh, from Jesus. Do you hear me today? The only way for us to just so, I believe in this room that God wants to give us a revelation from Jesus. Let me back it up because I don't want you to think it's my words. I just want to back it up with a, uh, verse 11. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not from human origin. I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it; rather, I received it by what saints. I didn't hear you. By what? Yeah, Revelation. No, listen, the only way is for Jesus to move in. Listen, I'm gonna break it down for a minute. Listen, the the only way. Jesus is the only one who can reveal his grace. Listen, God has to come to us. There is no other way. If he does not step into your heart, then all I am is just putting out words and you're bored out of your mind and you're like on your phone, you're like checking out stuff and you're like, okay, checked off this thing. God maybe I okay, able okay. to kill me. I'm done with that. I don't want to live like that. I don't want my wife to live like that. with me. like, well, I'm married to John, so I guess I have to, right? I just, I guess I have to. See, but see, my wife reveals, and she didn't go to go to the That's why she's in sin. See, I told you that. So, so, my point is, Jesus is the only one who can reveal grace. Listen, we gotta have a divine encounter. So, my prayer this morning is, God, just bring a divine encounter. And you say, well, it's like Jesus' image gonna come out of the screen? Probably not. Now, if you're eating shrooms, maybe. I don't mean it like that. That's not the way scripture talks about Rarely does Jesus reveal himself and you go, well, what does he reveal himself? I'm going to tell you why. If the creatures, the heavenly creatures appear to man and man falls out, how much more will we do when Jesus comes? Mm, well, I mean, I don't think we really want Jesus to show up. Because God says, my judgment starts at my house first. I don't really, like, I just want God to smash my enemies, but I don't want him to smash me. You know what I'm saying? You feeling it? So, what I mean is this, is that God's going to show up in here. He's going to, I'm literally, he's going to open up that you go in your heart, you go, I, I can do that. That's what my prayer is this morning. My prayer is that God does something like that in us. That we don't just go through this, listen, check this stuff out. We must have divine encounter. Listen, look what he says here. This is why Jesus is the only one who can reveal grace. Check this out. Check this out. The gospel is not from any man. Look there in verse 11. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel I preach is not of human origin. Come on, somebody. You might say, well, other religions claim the same thing. Other religions claim the same thing. I mean, Joseph Smith, Joseph Smith, you know, up in state of New York, they, they supposedly he had an encounter with God and Jesus. And they were both pointing to one another. And he said some words. Oh, well, what about Muhammad? He didn't have an encounter with God. He had Gabriel. But see there's something different. There's something different about this human origin, and we're gonna to get to it. It's not that we have an encounter with God in so much that God speaks, it's that God moves in. You wait and see. That's gonna be a token of all this stuff that people are trying to say. I mean, Mama never not have an with God, he an with the angel, supposedly. All this stuff that's said, and the gospel is not from any man. Listen, it's not from any man. That means it's not any pedigree. It's not like, oh, I was born to somebody that all of my children can say, well, my dad's a pastor. I guess I'm right with God. Loser. No. That's not how it's passed on. You're not right because your grandmother was right with God. I'm not right because my mom and dad were right with God. That's nothing. There's no, there's no human origin, it's not who you know, it's not who I was born into, it's nothing. And I thank God for that, because let me tell you something, the people that I'm born into, if you go back and you look at my line, my people were so poor, they were so poor, they didn't even keep records of them in Europe, they were so dead so Most of them didn't even live to 20. I mean, that's the kind of people I come from. I'm talking, we didn't even have the pinto of the pinto and cornbread. I mean, it was bad. I don't, know. We don't even know where the was just poor. So it, it's not by any human origin, which gives me something. But look at this. It also says something to this. I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that the gospel preached is not of human origin. I did not receive it from any man. This is a good word. I mean, he's not saying I was, I got this from somebody. Then check this out. Nor was I taught it. And I just want to stop for a moment. I just want to stop for a moment and say: Is is teaching and preaching? Yes. Is all preaching teaching? No. But let me say this: Is that you're sitting under, listening to somebody teach you the Word of God, doesn't make you right with God. You can go to Bible study all you want. You can go out here and you can become a great teacher of God's word. Listen, I want to remind you of something in Scripture. It's very interesting. Luke chapter 6, verse 40 says, A disciple is not above his teacher. And this is what I love about God saying you can't be taught. Because here's why. We can be taught wrong. We can be taught all this other stuff. Listen, it's not about what man teaches. It's what God does. And the difference between what God teaches and man teaches, this is what happens when man teaches, it speaks here. But when God teaches, it speaks here. Because the difference between heaven and hell is 12 inches. That's the difference between your head and your heart. Listen to this. 2 Timothy 3.7 says, always learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. People are always learning. Listen, we're on a college campus. Let me tell you something. If education can solve society's problems, then why are we so jacked up? We got the best research we've ever had. MUSC you know, has got a billion, listen, last time I checked, people, people dying in MUSC. Am I right? Come on, somebody. Mm-hmm. did I go from, from preaching to meddling? Billion dollars of research, billion dollars, people still die. You can, t- listen, you can teach all you want, but if God doesn't move it, That's divine revelation. Listen, always learning, never come to a knowledge of truth. That's what bothers me so much. People bother me. The the freshman year they come on this campus, they don't know jack squat and they act like they don't know jack squat. And I like that. Right? That's called humility. By the sophomore year they act like they got a little bit of swag. Their junior year, because they read about three books that they never read in their life, now all of a sudden they're experts. You no, know, the major might tell the truth sin the devil with Christian studies. They didn't listen by their junior year, they haven't got it all figured out. All of them figured it out. And I'm going to say, hmm, you didn't even like let one person to Jesus, but you've read about three books. Ooh, did I say that? Because you see, books don't lead people to Jesus. Jesus leads people to Jesus. And if Jesus ain't in here, it don't matter what you pontificate. Come on. I'm just going to talk to myself this morning. Y'all might even wait Because, you see, always learn never come to knowledge the truth. You can learn all you want, but that doesn't mean you apply. You ever see a fat cardiologist? <laughs> come on, that was good. <sighs> you know, I can tell you all about your low-density lipids. I can just tell you about your high-density lipids. I can tell you about your triglycerides. I can tell you how the arteries are being clogged in the window But give me another 20. You can learn all you want how to keep your arteries clear. But if you don't apply your learning, that's called always learning but never coming to the knowledge. Why? Because knowledge is application of what you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's why I say all the time. They can quote scripture all day long but they don't live it. I believe I can fly. You don't see anybody jumping off a cliff. I'm scared. So my point is always learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth means nothing. I don't care how many PhDs somebody's got. Somebody said to me one time, I said, well, I'm just going to be real with you, Bronte. said, well, you're staff here. I said, well, what are you trying to say? Jip Bronte? So I was a little bit of a rock. He said, well, you know, you you staff. Now, this is a professor talking to me. Now, you know, it don't take much for me to go from. Jesus mode, the coaching mode. Y'all try for me. Some of you in this room that's apparent know what I'm talking about. Jesus goes right out the window when somebody acts crazy. And I looked at this person and I said, hold up. I didn't say it like that. I was like, hold up. You're going to tell me that your role is more important than mine or that you're better than us because let me remind you something. God called me to my role. And then, by the way, if you think that just because you have a, a piece of paper hanging on your wall that makes you more important than me, let's you and I take an IQ test. Somebody, I will wear you out. I know that sounds really bad, but I was pretty fired up at that point because you know what—I I have a defending nature. I mean, that's my—you know—I am want to defend. I don't like when people try to put people down just because they don't have what other people have, right? Just because somebody got a degree, don't mean they're smart. I've seen some pretty dumb, educated people. Always <laughs> was learning, never coming to knowledge. Well, 1 Corinthians 8, 1 says it like this. You know this, but knowledge costs what? Knowledge costs what? But love builds up. You see, what happens is when we learn that's why Paul said it I wasn't taught. I don't care. I don't care if you grew up. I tired of people. Tired of people. I grew up in a church. Well, why don't you grow up in Jesus? The only language they know is church language, but they don't know Jesus language. Do you know what Jesus language is? Boom shakalaka. See, that's the difference. Divine revelation has to come in here. Has to hit here. And all we do is we just go through this stuff. So here's what's happening. So the gospel is, this is where the gospel, this is why it's so powerful. We have the divine encounter with Jesus. Because Jesus is the only one who reveal grace, and He reveals it this way. Check this out. The gospel has to be received. Look at this. In verse 12, I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught of it. Rather, look what it says. I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. Here's where we have a divine encounter. It means that the Word of God takes resonance in here. In other words, God said something this morning, whether it's through the worship through the Word, or whether it's worship through song, or where we're in the of prayer, corporate prayer together, where we're seeking the presence of God. And what he's going to say, I want to say is a divine encounter happens right here. So the proclamation of the Word it's not. is not the answer. It's the anointing of God in the proclamation of the word that brings the answer. Why? Because the messenger is not the point. The message is because the word of God is living and active. That means the word of God is alive because it came from a living God. Here's the idea behind it. The word Revelation. Listen. I want to give it. I want to give you what this means. Apocalypse. You've probably heard apocalypse. you probably heard that language. The word apocalypse in Greek, apocalypsis, it just means unveiling. So when you read Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, it means the apocalypse. It means unveiling. And as one one professor of mine said, unveiled hope. Revelation is just nothing but unveiled hope because when all the woes and all the sorrows and all the pain comes, there's a king who's going to set it all right. So it means unveiling. So here's what happens. Paul is saying this, rather, it was unveiled. I received by revelation. I received by an unveiling from Jesus Christ. It's an unveiling. It's this idea of a manifestation of Christ. The word is, is to be, is the idea of being unveiled. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, when you read God's word, there's this unveiling and your heart opens up and you see Jesus for the first time. That's when you know God is speaking to you. Because only Jesus can reveal grace. That's why the gospel is so powerful. The gospel is so powerful because it's not built on works, fake religions. So we just go down the list. Don't look at everything else. It's all about work. But look at what Jesus does. He became the work. He became the work. It has to be in here. It has to be in here. I can't imagine somebody getting married. I can't imagine somebody getting married and well, I guess it just kind of works for me because it fits in my schedule and this is something I want to do. And yeah, you know, it's better for me financially and all this other stuff. I can't imagine that being a true marriage. But a marriage has to come from the heart. So we see this idea, and it's, it's, it's this idea of unveiling. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 4. have your bottles and phones, you can turn there. You can just keep your fingers in relation. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I just want to read this passage about an unveiling that the Lord was showing me. That is the difference. When Jesus reveals his grace, he speaks to your heart. If you're sitting here in high school, listen, or you're in college, or wherever you are, I just want to say something to you. God has to unveil it. If you're sitting here as a grandparent, God has to unveil it. If you're sitting here with your family, God has to unveil it. If you're here you your singles, God has to unveil it. He has to unveil Himself. And that's what He did with Paul. That's what Paul was trying to say. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 1. Therefore, since through God's mercy we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. We don't need really to lose heart, and he's gonna explain why. Rather, we renounce, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly. Now, here's what happens when you have a changed heart. We commend ourselves to everyone else's conscience in the sight of God. That's what happens. When God lives in your heart, when God reveals Himself to us, when He reveals grace, then all of a sudden our hearts are changed. We don't care what other people think, so we've been set free to release the presence of Christ. Are y'all tracking me? We've been released to set free. Now we, we don't care what other people say. We only care what God says. That's the idea. That's another one. Uh, when Christ unveils himself to us, our hearts will come open. It's not a learning. It's a transformation. This is salvation. This is Christianity. This is walking with Christ. This is forgiving your spouse. This is forgiving your parents. This is forgiving your roommate. This is for forgiving your grandchild. This is for forgiving your boss. This is for forgiving your People that have wronged you. In here, we can release others because we can't release Jesus. And even if our gospel is failed. So we're commending ourselves. That's what Paul did. He's like unveiling Jesus in his heart. He's unveiling his love. And his words for Jesus in his heart. He's unveiling it. He's uncovering it. He's apocalypse. There's an apocalypse among us. People keep waiting for the apocalypse, and the church already is one. That was good. We already are the uncovering, the unveiling of Christ. We just, he just said, I command everybody to to the to, to conscience, look at my conscience I commend it openly, look at verse 3 and even if our gospels fail, that means when I when we open ourselves to people at work school, and they look at us and go idiot, crazy, loser talk bad about us, hate us and even if our gospels fail it is veiled to those who are perishing so in other words, my heart should break for them, not be mad at them if somebody flips you the bird, you need to flip up the cross. That was, that was good. Because you see, our hearts are great because they're perishing. For our struggles not against flesh and... For our struggle is not against flesh and what? Verse 4. The God of this age, a Satan. It's talking about Satan. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ. Look at this, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not ourselves. It's not about your hipster look. We don't preach ourselves. If somebody is preaching themselves, there's no room for Jesus. Because one thing I know is that pride and God cannot coexist because the Bible says pride cometh before the what? So right now, I know right now, here he's saying this, for we, for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ as, I didn't hear you, Jesus Christ as what? That means when he's Lord, that means he's over all. That means he's over my girlfriend, he's over my boyfriend, he's over my children, he's over my spouse, he's over my job, he's over my finances. He is over all. And if he is not Lord over all, he ain't Lord at all. At all. Because a divine encounter with the Lord is so overwhelming. It's so beautiful that we can't help fall in love with Jesus. We can't help but give ourselves. We don't even understand what we're giving ourselves to. People, everybody's willing to give your life to Christ. Do you understand fully Christianity? No. Nope. Do you understand fully now? No. Nope. But you know this, that Jesus is more satisfying and more glorifying and more wonderful than anything else the world can give. So what do we do? So we look at this. For we preach for what we preach is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ is Lord, and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. So I am your servant for Jesus' sake. That's all we are. That's all we are. Look at this, verse six. For God who said, "Let light shine out of darkness," made his. Oh, come on, somebody made his light shine in our what saints? We're in our what saints? Hearts. It's not learning. It's not learning. It's knowledge of transformation. This is where it all happens. And if we're not excited about the Lord, if we're not passionate about the Lord and we're saved, then what we are is apathetic. And our lives have become more important than the life of Christ. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, may His light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face
1: of Christ.
0: God's glory is Jesus. And Jesus shines in our hearts and then we live out of our hearts to people everywhere. And they see Jesus. That's an unveiling. That's an apocalypsis. It's an uncovering that we uncover ourselves. That I don't have to be emotionally guarded when I have the one who guards my emotions. But I want you to see something. Go back to Galatians 1. Verse 12, for I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. Rather, I received it by revelation from Jesus Christ. And notice that Jesus unveiled himself to Paul, so Paul might unveil himself to Jesus. Acts 9, you already know, and this Damascus Road experience, you know what happened to Paul. Jesus revealed himself to, to Paul, and then Paul immediately opens up. He seized. listen, I'm going to tell you what that word received in Greek, it means this. It means, I love this, it means to aggressively take. The word "receive" in Greek, it's compound. It means to aggressively take. What I mean by this is, is that he saw Jesus, and you know what he did? He said, I want it! Once he was humbled and knocked off his horse, and it's he's like, who are you, Lord? And then all of a sudden, Jesus says, man, I'm the one that you're persecuting. You're persecuting me. Why are you kicking against the codes?" And all of a sudden, he goes, and he's blind, and his life has changed. And all of a sudden, he has to realize that he needs the word of God, and God sends a man, a prophet of God, a lover of Jesus, into his life and begins to give him a word, prays for him, his eyes are open and he sees life in a whole new way. When we live by Jesus in here, we see life by a whole new way. Will you aggressively take today the path that God's calling you? i say, say the Lord showed me this week, you know what, there's a highway of holiness, you can look it up in scripture, but what is holy, I know it's God's holiness, and that's great, and I'm glad people preach that, and that's beautiful, but what holiness is, it? if there's a highway of holiness, if there's a highway of holiness, and on God's highway of holiness is his glory, if I take the highway of holiness as the direction for my life, in other words, if that's what I take and I say, God, my education can take me this way, but I'm going to trust you in this. Well, my finances can go this way. My desires and dreams of my selfish nature, simple nature, tells me this way, but I'm going to take your highway of holiness. The only way to walk in the highway of holiness is to humble yourself before the Lord. And don't think for a moment that the more you walk with Christ, that you won't be tested in that. You'll be tested constantly. You know how you're going to be tested? Number one, when good things happen to people you don't like. Can I get away with this? Because you're going to look around and say, God, why? Zach, I see, is that you? Zach, it's the problem. Yeah, all right, so we were talking, was it this week? Yeah, it was this week. And you said, I have seen, and I'm going to quote you pretty close. I have seen the strangest injuries happen to Christian athletes. Why? Why? Got angry? The Bible says that Jesus satisfied the wrath of God. Why, why is your life a little tougher than somebody else's who can give a rip about Jesus? Why? Why is it because I want to show you something. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Oh, this is good. I might hurt myself, jumping up and down. 2 Corinthians 4, 7. John, I'm sorry. Let's just go there. This is so good. This is what I want you to do. Only Jesus can reveal himself. He's revealing himself to us. We're going to land. We're going to land this thing, and you're going to sit there and say, okay, God, I'm going to ask you today as believers and as non-believers, will you and I receive where God is unveiling Himself to us. Uh-huh. scared me too. Because you see, if He's unveiling Himself with that person, and you know the only way that I can stay with that person is to walk with Jesus, but my flesh says, go with this person. Am I going to go to the unveiling of Christ? Or am I going to go to the unveiling of my lust? Why are some Christians suffering and they're doing nothing wrong? Why do the strangest things happen? Verse seven, Second Corinthians four. Are you there? Say amen. Yeah. All right. Well, I got one. All right. Here we go. Thank you for drinking. But we have this treasure. The Greek word, the sars, right? It's like a pearl and, a, right? and an oyster. That's where we get the word there, okay? The sars. We have this treasure in George clay. That is the message of the gospel inside of our broken bodies. Come on. But we have this treasure in George clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from who? why we go through it. Because God wants to show His power in us. Because if you and I are going to live our lives about us, then we want people to see us. But if we're going to live our lives under the failing of God, and He said, walk this way, then God is saying, I will not share my glory with another, and you will be my servant, John, because me being with you is more important than anything I can give you. And there lies the test. Do I want Jesus? If Renette and my kids drop dead, am I gonna just? I quit. Some of y'all like that dramatic thing, didn't you? Like, Holy, he just slammed the Bible. Uh, I just want you to know this is the copy of the original. It's not the original. To let you know. Will I quit? Strange things will happen. Oh, read a page, verse seven. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. It's a treasure inside us—the presence of God to show that. This all surpassing power is from God and not from us. Then he gives examples. You ready? Here you go, Shannon. Come on, somebody. Like I told y'all about Shannon. Y'all know we get, y'all listen, y'all. When Shannon goes in those pods, that's like a seizure, and I'm over there, I've only seen you one time in the like 45 minutes, and then you rip that through trying to pray healing. I was like, I'm not praying. And Kevin's like, John, pray for him. I'm like, I'm scared. Alright, so here we go. Because she said this is the Lord's will. I can't say that. I don't have that faith. Look what he says. We are hard pressed on every side, but we are not what saints. Come on. Let me just say this. Whoever wins the election, John Davis will be crushed. Oh, he got politics again. It just went downhill. I'm not crushed. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. My government is Jesus. The Kingdom of Heaven is mine, And I'm not going to be crushed. And I will preach and proclaim Jesus until they pry my dead fingers off. It might cost me. Will it cost you? Persecuted, but not what? Verse 9. We are hard pressed on, excuse me, verse 8. We are hard pressed on every side, but we are crushed. But not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Look at verse 9. Persecuted, but not what, saints? It might be hard for you. But you're not alone. you go walk through the valley, the shadow. Hey, it might go well, or you might end up like John the Baptist. Following Jesus can get you better, even today. But you're not alone. Why? Because everybody will leave you with him. Verse 9, persecuted but not abandoned. Struck down but not destroyed. And here's the answer. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our own body. Choose this day whom you will serve the unveiling, the apocalypsis, the revelation, i.e., book of revelation. If you read it in Greek, you'd see it. The unveiling or my unveiling? And we have a chance today to sit and receive what God has for us. And even if you don't know, it's okay. Today you can say, I will receive. Jim, will you come play with me? Please. and pray. But will you receive what God has revealed to you? Some of you in this room have slept. Some of you have taken notes. Some of you have said, John is a weirdo. Some of you have just been bored out of your mind. And some of you have a word from God. But I promise you this, the one word he is asking Will you receive his grace? We can't walk. We can't walk this highway without his power. And we have no power without his presence. So, Galatians chapter 1. I didn't get through the whole thing, but I'm excited. I get to preach tonight. Jeremy's going to close it up. We're going to tag team it. I get to open it up tonight. Look at verse 13 in Galatians 1. This is the lady of the flag. For you have heard of my previous way of life in Judaism. How intensely I persecuted the church of God and tried to destroy it. Listen, we can be intensely going after something but be dead wrong. Hmm? Some of you that are in this room and have been in relationships, well, hallelujah. I was advancing in Judaism beyond many of my own age. I my people and was extremely zealous for the traditions of my father's. We can be successful and successfully going against God. But when God set me apart from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, here's what I want to say. I believe with all my heart that you're in this room. God gave you a heartbeat to come. Because you can't control that. Medicine can't control all oh, They can regulate it maybe or jumpstart it, but they can't keep it going. And y'all know I know that because I just preached my brother-in-law's piano. Drops dead. But when God, who set me apart from my mother's so womb and called me by His grace, was pleased to reveal His Son in me so that I might preach Him among the Gentiles, my immediate response was not to consult any human being. I believe with all my heart that you're here today and that God has set you apart. He's calling you by His grace. The question is this. He's unveiled it, but will you aggressively take it? That is received. Now, as a believer, what does that mean? Do, am I going to receive what he wants from me? In the position that I'm in right now, and I don't even know what's next in my singleness, and my relationship, what? I'm I'm going to sit in it because, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to aggressively take the grace that you're giving me. I'm going to aggressively take the presence of the Lord that he's offered me. Am I aggressively going to do those things? or I'm just going to sit back and watch. Now, God's never going to leave you for safety. For those that are saved in this room, He's never going to leave you. But i tell you what He will do. He will go ahead and let us, because of free will, He'll let us make our own decisions. And He's under no obligation to make it right. But, By your grace, I can't teach it to you, we can't learn about it, but Jesus has to reveal himself to you so you can to receive Today, what has He revealed to you? Father, that is my prayer. If there's someone in this room who's never received Christ. He has revealed Himself as the only one who can save, as the only one who is the perfect life, who is the only one who is righteous and pure and holy. If there's someone in this room that sees Jesus today as the only one who can deliver them from their sins and deliver them from their bondage and deliver them from the gates of hell, and realize that Jesus is the one who satisfied the wrath of God, who paid the price. If they realize today, Jesus is the one, Lord, whose death, burial, resurrection shows the perfection of our beautiful King, God our Father. Lord, today, if they are wrecked in their heart and knows them, I pray, Lord, that we get up, grab one of these prayer leaders, grab an Ethan, grab an evening, grab somebody, say, I need Jesus. Lord, if the believers in this room, they want to come and they want to kneel and say, Lord, I just today, today, Lord, I, I might be perplexed, I might be a little broken, I might be a little confused, but I'm not struck down, I'm not destroyed, and I am not alone. And Lord, today, I am asking for your grace to flow in the way of the highway of holiness. I want to receive it. I want you to aggressively take what you have for me today. I don't know where people are, Lord, in this room, but I know we can aggressively get up, come down and aggressively you kneel know, and say, I'm going to take what you got, Lord. What you have for me. I want. And I need it. And then my prayer is, Lord, that they will sit and pray and talk to you now. Lord, I know that the Miss Penny is in the prayer room outside. i will be people that after this and continue prayer and, and they can go right now into the prayer room and spend time. They can come up here. Whatever it might be, whatever you're speaking, But Lord, I pray we will rest at the table as you have for us today. We will receive what you have revealed to us. So Lord, if we took a note today and it jumped off the page into our heart, then Lord, may we just come and just sit as a, as a showing with our bodies what we're going to do in our heart. And maybe we just say, Lord, we receive what you said today. You just receive it, and I'm gonna remember it. I'm gonna put it on a card in my car. I'll put it on my mirror. I'm gonna put it on my phone as a backdrop, whatever it might be. I'm gonna just do and remember what you told me today, Lord. That is my prayer. Changes as we see. It.